going to read verse 6 through 8. Micah chapter 6 and the verses are 6 through, through 8. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? and the fruit of my body for the soul of my sin. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. That's the reading of our text, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You, you may be seated. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Um, what you see on the screen is a subtopic, what does the Lord require? What I really want to tag this sermon is giving God our best. Giving God our best. Uh, I wrestle, I wrestle personally with that question. I, I ask myself, am I giving God my best? I, I realize that I that I give something to God. But I wrestle with what I'm giving to him. Is it my best? Uh, when I was in school, there were some courses that I, I struggled with. And um, I said there were some, there were a lot of courses. <laughs> I struggled with and and you could pass a course with a D grade you could pass a course with a C grade but D's and C's were not my best Amen. but I remember those days when I was overwhelmed with other activities and my mind was not where it should have been I convinced myself that D and C work were my best. It was my best because I was lazy. It was my best because I had other things on my mind and I did not prioritize school, but I prioritized other activities. So, thank you. I'm asking the question this morning to myself, um, and I hope that you'll 
walk in this journey with me and you ask yourself the same question, am I giving God my best? I'm giving him something, but what I, what I give to him, is it my best? If what I'm giving to him is not my best, then what is it? Uh, if it's not the best that I have to give to a God that I call Omni, he's an Omni God. And, and this Omni God has given me his best. He did not give me his second best. But when this omni God decided to save the world, this omni God, O-M-N-I, omni God, said, I'm going to give the world my best. Preach it. So this omni God that decided to save the world did not send a cherubim or a seraphim. He did not send one of the angels. He did not even send one of the archangels. Michael uh, is one of the archangels. Gabriel, I believe, is the other archangel. But when this omni-God, y'all gonna work with me? This is gonna come together, y'all. This omni-God decided that he would give me his best. So he decided, before he even laid the foundations of the world, he and uh, the other two in the Godhead, the Son and the Holy Spirit, along with the Father, got together and they decided that God would send his only begotten Son. Amen. That's his best. He's an omni-God. And when I say he's an omni-God, he's omnipresent. Amen. Which simply means that the God who gave me his best is everywhere at the same time. He is never not where you are, but wherever you are, God is always present. Amen. And what blows my mind about about the everywhereness of God is I'm looking at this selfishly. I'm looking at this subjectively. God is not only where I am all the time. He is where all of us is at the same time. So when I talk about giving God my best, I'm not talking about a statue that we see in some china shop. I'm not talking about some idol that men have made with their hands. I'm not talking about some image that people put on a chain and wear around their neck. I'm talking about an omnipresent God who is with everybody, everywhere, at the same time. Uh, when, 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 when I'm traveling uh, from state to state, the omnipresent God is with me. When I leave Memphis and land somewhere else, he's already there waiting for me. Not only is he 
an omnipresent God, but he is an omnipotent God. This omnipotent God who gave me his best is all powerful. There, there is nothing that God cannot do. I realize there are some things he will not do. But he will not do it because it goes against his will. He does not do it not because he is unable to do it. The God that I serve, nothing is impossible for God. Amen. Do I have any witness here? Uh, he has raised some of us from our sick bed. Some of us have been flat on our backs. And now we're walking, putting one foot in front of the other. He's, on, he's omnipotent. He's a powerful God. In it. God that can just speak the world into existence and say let there be and what was not becomes a reality he deserves my best I'm not serving a China image God I'm not serving a nickel and dime God I'm serving a God that said let there be light and there was light I'm serving a God who spoke the world into existence and, and what was not became what is. He made order out of chaos. Am I giving God my best? I'm serving an omni-God. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. But he's also omnificent. Which simply means he's all wise. God knows what's going to happen before it happens. So no, I'm not get happy this morning. He knows the outcome before the outcome becomes an outcome. He, he knows what's going to happen. And, 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 and what I'm asking myself, I, I'm, I'm saying to myself, uh, this God that is omnipotent, this God that is omnipresent, this God that is omnipresent, all-wise, all-powerful, everywhere at the same time, who gave me his best, am I giving him my best? I, I want to look at this from the eyes of Micah, this this minor prophet, uh, Micah, Micah. I want to look at his name. I want to look at who he was. And then I, I want to look at the situation. Micah chapter 1 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord that came to Micah, the Morahite, in the days of, watch these kings, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Keep in mind that by the time Micah prophesied, there is a divided kingdom. If you read 1 Kings chapter 12, Jeroboam, the son of Solomon, was king in Jeroboam and Rehoboam, there was a split. And Jeroboam uh, took 10 tribes up to Israel, the northern kingdom, and then we have the southern kingdom, which is Judah. So you have a divided kingdom, and in this division, Israel 
was taken into captivity more than one time. Because of their disobedience, they suffered captivity. But Micah, the prophet, prophesied in the 8th century during the reigns of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. The book of Micah has three messages, three major messages in chapter 1, all the way through chapter 2, verse 13, and then chapters 3 through 5 is a second message. And then chapter 6 and 7 uh, is the third message in this small book. But each of these messages from the prophet Micah begin with the exhortation to hear or listen to what the Lord had to say to the nation. In other words, Micah did not come with what he thought the nation needed to hear. Micah came with a thus saith the Lord. Micah was not representing Micah. Micah was not representing his family. Micah was not representing his birthplace. But when Micah spoke, he was representing God Almighty. He came with a thus saith the Lord. He came with hear the word of the Lord. He came with listen to the word of God. I want the East End Church of Christ to say preach black man preach. Give me the word of God. Tell me what God has said. I don't want to know what Trump has said. I don't want to know what CNN has said. I don't want to know what Fox News has said. Somebody tell me a word from on high. Don't we need God's word this morning? Don't we need somebody to tell us what God has said? Don't you sit there and say, I can read the Bible for myself. I don't need nobody telling me what the Lord has said. They need it then and we need it now. We need to listen to the word of God. We need to heed to the word of God. And I want to say this morning, when I ask myself, Crusoe, are you giving God your best? One of the criterias is, is do I heed the word of the Lord? Do, do I listen to what God has to say? So Micah came and Micah mentions the destruction that was coming on the northern kingdom of Israel even though his main audience was the people of the southern kingdom of Judah. But what Micah says to the southern kingdom, you see what happened to the northern kingdom? If you don't get your act together, what happened to them can happen to you. Y'all ain't gonna help me here. As I travel this brotherhood, and it's a sad, it's becoming a sad commentary. It's coming, becoming very, very sad, very sad, very sad, the state of the church. It, it's, it, it, it's really disheartening. It, 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 I'm glad I'm a preacher because uh, I, I want to try to make a difference. I, I want to try to, uh, before I leave 
uh, uh, earth and go to glory. I, I, I want to I be able to look back and say uh, that God used me to make a difference even in the degradation that we live in. We live in a time where folk really don't care what the Bible says. And we look at our nation and we look at how morally bankrupt the United States of America is. We need a word from the Lord. There was a time when folk did their business behind closed doors, in the closet, but now we live in times where you can get a marriage license and live with somebody and legally do what God says is sin. Am I talking to anybody? So, so in the midst of this, am I giving God, God my best? God's standard of measurement. Watch this. I'm, I'm almost through. I'm almost with the setup is good. The, the setup, I'm setting it up. I'm setting up trying to get to the text. Y'all ready for the text? Are, are y'all really ready for the text? I get excited just trying to tell you what the text says. God's standard of measurement in the book of Micah was the Mosaic covenant God made with his people. You're going to see it in a minute. When the nation was redeemed from Egypt. God expected them to live according to the covenant stipulations. If they did what God asked, God would bless them. If they did not do what God asked, God would judge them and eventually he would cast them out of the land that he promised. So Micah pointed how the people had failed to live up to the covenant stipulations. He announced that God was just in discipline him. I, I want to pause here before we examine this text. Sometimes we cry foul when God punishes us for our sins. And none of us have a right to blame God for correcting us. If you mess up and you know better, God will punish you. Say amen somebody. Ain't no need of us trying to make God to be a bad God because God is just and he does what he says and he says what he gonna do and then he does it when we mess up or when we do good. God will bless us for obedience and punish us for disobedience. Now watch this. Watch this. Michael. It's a courtroom setting. It's a courtroom setting. Yeah, it's up there. Courtroom setting. In Michael chapter 6, it's a courtroom setting. And, and, and you gotta, you got you to love how, how the prophet wrote this and how God inspired the prophet. It's a courtroom setting. And there's a lawsuit taking place. And God is the prosecutor. The plaintiff is the nation of Israel collectively, North Israel and Judah collectively. Now, 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 I don't want any of us to ever get in trouble with the law. I, I, don't, I hope none of us ever have to go to court. But Lord have mercy, if we end up in court, you don't want God prosecuting the case. Y'all don't see it here. 
Man, I, I, I grew up on Perry Mason. Love Perry Mason. Love, I, I love Perry Mason. Perry Mason, Della Street. And, 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 I, and I love how Perry would be the defense attorney. Then he had the prosecutor. And, and, and I felt sorry for the poor prosecutor because he never won a case. I, I, it would look like he got a good case. It looked like it's going his way. But before the show is over, Perry would put somebody on the witness stand and Perry Mason would cross-examine the person. And, and Perry Mason had tactics and approaches. And, 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 and if, the man, if the person on the witness stand didn't confess, somebody in the courtroom would confess. The prosecutor in Perry Mason's uh, show never won a case. But I got news for us this morning. If God prosecutes us, he's going to win. He's going to win every time. And then let me show you how powerful this God, this God is. When, when God got ready to call witnesses to, to the witness stand, the God that's omnipresent, the God that, that's omnipotent, that God that is omnipotent did not call on flesh and blood to come to the witness stand, but God started calling the hills and the mountains. Y'all don't see it here. I'm ready to shout this morning. In other words, walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me through the tent. Before he called the witnesses, before he called the witness, he pleads his case. The God that's prosecuting the case, he pleads his case. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Verse 1. Hear ye now what the Lord said. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy and your strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people and he will plead with Israel. O my people, hear, hear, hear God, hear, hear, hear what God is saying in his heart. Oh, my people, what have I done unto thee, and wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. In other words, God is saying, why y'all treating me like this? Why you doing me like this? What in the world did I do to cause you to mistreat me the way that you mistreat me? Then he said, look, look what I did for you. I brought you up out of the land of Egypt. I redeemed you out of the house of servants. And I sit before you, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. I came to say this morning, some of us need to remember our history. We need to remember our history. Uh, you wasn't always dressed in three-piece suit with bow ties and Stacy Adams shoes. Some, some of you didn't always have designer purses. Am I talking to anybody? Some of you didn't always have a two-car garage with a remote or a flat-screen TV. Don't you ever forget what God has done for you. Preach on, brother preacher. Some of us think we all that just because. You better remember where you came from. Am I talking to anybody? So who's am I fussing this morning? You don't know, okay, I'm gonna keep on preaching. 
oh my people, verse 5, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Shittim unto Gilgad, that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. In other words, whenever you got in trouble, I was there. When folks start messing with you, I was there. When you went into captivity, who brought you out of captivity? Can you hear the pleading of God? Why you treat me the way you treat me? What all I want to do is bless you. And then, then he calls these witnesses. I overread that. The mountains and the hills. In other words, I don't want no flesh and blood. I want what I made. The mountains can testify. Amen. The hills can testify. Amen. So here's a God pleading and prosecuting at the same time. I got to punish you, but I don't want to. Say, oh, come on now. We've been there with our children. This going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I, I really don't want to do this, but I got to teach you a lesson. Anybody ever said that to the children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I have some parents up in here? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This gonna hurt me. I heard that so many times. This gonna hurt me more than I. It, it hurt you. I, but you need, you need to learn a lesson. God is pleading with Judah, with Israel, and prosecuting at the same time. Y'all with me? So, so he calls these witnesses to the stand. And then he reminds Israel of his love and his care. And then he pleads this case. And we just read that. We just read all that. And then, and then, then, and really one of the crimes of Israel was ingratitude. They were really just ungrateful. All that God has done for them and all he wants from us is our best. And I keep asking myself a question. Am I, Crusoe, giving God my best? And then I learned that determining what's best cannot be subjective. It has to be objective. Because what I think is best and what you think is best may not be what God thinks. Yes. Am I preaching this morning? I think I'm preaching this morning. I don't care what y'all say, I'm preaching this morning. So here, here, here watch, watch Israel. Israel try to defend themselves in verse number, in verse number uh, six and seven. So, okay, God, you got us. <laughs> you got us. <laughs> you, you got it. It's a slam dunk. We have been ungrateful. You've been there for us. You rescued us. You sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. They left our ancestors. You got us. But okay, how we fix this? So in verse 6, they started asking God some questions. And watch, watch, watch them, watch them. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? With calves of a year old, 
will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Some look at this, they're trying to bribe God. He's saying, let me help you. God don't take no bribes. You cannot bribe the Lord. Let me help you with this. Stuff don't mean nothing to God. You can't impress God with your stuff. Say amen to somebody. Some of us want to impress God with our stuff. Listen, I'm not trying to uh, uh, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want good givers not to give, but I don't want you to give trying to impress God. Because you ain't got enough money. Because everything belongs to him. Y'all gonna help me with that? It's not your stuff that impresses God. You see how, how we think? It's right here in the text. They think, well, look, if I, if I come before the Lord and give him burnt offerings, if I come and give him calves of a year old after seven days, you could, you could do what you wanted to do with a calf, but as the calf got older, he became more valuable. So a year old calf is a valuable calf. So in their mind, I'm going to give God what I think is valuable. Will he be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousand of rivers of oil? And then, and then maybe I'll give God the firstborn of my transgression, my firstborn child. Maybe I'll give God that. I can't even say none of that impresses God. All those are external things and in its place necessary. But don't externally, externally serve God to substitute giving God your best. Y'all don't hear me? A man who gives a hundred dollars is no more important than the widow who gives two mites. And the widow may have given more if that's all she got. When if the man who gave a hundred got five thousand left. Y'all ain't hearing me. He got a five thousand dollar check and he gave a hundred dollar out of that five thousand check. The widow gave more than the man that gave a hundred dollars. I'm gonna show you in a minute how you can give God the best. I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you. Uh, Unfasten your seatbelt because you, you don't tighten up on me. I'm going to show you. It's right here in the text. Micah comes back. Watch, 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 watch the flow. God, as the prosecutor, pleads the case. The plaintiffs in the case respond to the charges, realizing they're guilty, and try to get these external, superficial things to get right with God. God comes through the man of God, Mike, and said, mm -mm, that, ain't, that ain't what he's looking for. This is what he's looking for, verse 8. He has showed thee, O man, 
what is good. And what doeth the Lord require of thee? Let me show you. If you're going to give God your best, three things have to be done. And these three things will involve your time, it will involve your talents, and it will involve your tithes. Even though we don't like to use tithe, but since I'm in the Old Testament, I'm going to say tithe. If you're going to give God your best, give him the best of your time. Don't treat your job better than you treat the Lord. Amen. If you got to be at work at 9.30 tomorrow and you make it on time, I can be at worship at 9.30. Because I want to give God my best. Y'all ain't feeling me. I, I, I want to give the man who Bless me with the job. My best. Is this sound doctrine? If it ain't sound, y'all tell me right now and I will repent. Is this sound doctrine? Okay, alright, alright. Because if it ain't sound, I'll repent. But if it is sound, y'all need to repent. I want to give God my best. The best of my time, yeah. the best of my talent, mm -hmm. and the best of my time. Yeah. But he, he, he closes by this. This is what the Lord is looking for. Do justly. Some translations say do the right thing. Just do right. Yeah. <clears throat> just, just do right. I'm going to tell you why we don't do right. Sometimes we don't do right because of the lust of our flesh. And we feed our flesh with worldly things when we ought to feed our flesh with spiritual things. I had some conversations this week with some members and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and they were good conversations. And so I'm sharing it not in a negative way, but in a positive way. But it's a teaching moment. When people come to you with things that they or you don't know is true, give them some Bible. We don't even think about that. Man, I, I mean, what's your favorite scripture? You know, hey, sister, have you heard about uh, Brother So-and-so? Uh, and you know what you ought to say? Blessed are the few in heart, for they shall see God. You know, hey, hey, I heard, I heard, I heard. You can't stop folk from telling you what they heard initially. But when you start coming back with some Bible, doing the right thing, y'all ain't saying nothing. What you think the Bible for? The Bible here to help you go ahead. You know, you know if, if, if you're scared of talking Bible, did you see the game last night? Cleveland lost without LeBron James. Y'all missing where I'm going. You know, you don't feed into the conversation. You change the conversation. You know how you run away darkness? 
with light. Do justly. Do the right thing. Somebody said, and I'm not sure how to apply this, but someone said the three things that God requires has to do with outward, inward, and upward. These three things deal with our outward, our inward, and our upward response to God. Do justly. That would be outward. And then it says to love mercy. That, that, that's inward. To love mercy. In other words, if I'm going to give God my best, I should love withholding penalties that other folk are due of. Because mercy is withholding the justice you deserve. Y'all missing it. Y'all missing it. When you say, Lord, have mercy, Lord, I deserve but I'm asking you to withhold what I deserve. Yes. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to give God my best, I'm going to be on time because it's my best to be on time. It's, it's my best. I, I'm looking at it like, I'm, man, I'm coming to serve God who is omni. Y'all wouldn't say omni. He's omni. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not bowing down to Trump. I'm not bowing down to the mayor of Memphis. But I come to worship the God that woke me up this morning. I, I come to serve the God that put food on the table last night. I, I come to serve the God that, that when I got up in the morning, even though I couldn't jump out of the bed. Uh-huh, y'all ain't gonna help me here. How many of y'all jumped out of the bed? Didn't nobody jump out of the bed. When I got up this morning, I sat on the side of the bed. Y'all gonna help me with this? And then I rolled my right knee. Then I stretched it out like that. Then I rubbed my left knee. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Then I stretched it out like that. Then, then I grabbed the side of the bed. Yeah, I, I can't get up no more without some help. I grab the side oh, yeah. no. of me. Some of you young folk laugh and keep living. And then before I took my first step, I put my hand behind my back. Are y'all with me? But then I did one of these numbers. Do I have some help over there? And you mean to tell me I'm going to come late to serve him and he woke me up this morning? Yeah. Brother Brown, said he could have called my number last night. But, but I still, I can see, even though I got glasses on, I can see somebody I'm saying, man, preach on, preach Preach it, brother. Man, man, man. Um, I ain't got to have prayer meeting no more when I get in my car. There were times, Brother Thomas, when I get in my car, I pray it's Y'all ain't hearing me. And Brother Thomas, there have been times if I get it started, I pray it don't stop on me. Some of it blessed so long, we forgot where God brought us from. I got up this morning, and I looked in the closet to select 
which suit I'm going to wear. Then when I decided what suit I'm going to wear, what shirt I'm going to wear with the suit. Because I want the shirt to match the suit. Then I want my tie to match everything else. And brother, why? I ain't cool till I get the right pocket square. Ain't we came a mighty long way? And you mean to tell me a God serving where I can go in the closet and select a suit? Man, there was a time I didn't have no suit. Then there was a time I only had one suit. Had to wear that suit in the winter and the summer. And it was a winter suit, but I had to wear it in the summer. Save that somebody. But now, but now, but now, some of y'all run late because you can't make up your mind what to put on. Shame on them. I ain't got nothing to wear. Am I giving God my best? Man, that's all I was going to do is give him my best. To do justly, to love mercy, and then upward to walk humbly with my God. I love y'all. I want y'all to love me. But I want God to be pleased with me. I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You did your best. Man, you fought the traffic, you did your best. I know you didn't feel like coming every Sunday, but you did your best. And your best got you here. You, you didn't make excuses on Sunday that you won't use on Monday. You, you did your best. You know, you know, uh, our houses are well manicured, but you did your best to keep the house of the Lord up. And when I say best now, I'm not talking about what you think is best or what I think is best, because that's subjective. But being objective is, I got to go to God's word to find out what pleases him. Y'all with me? Amen. I think this is some good teaching, y'all. I, I, I just think this is Bible teaching. Amen. Because I know, as I close, that if we get in the courtroom of God and he's prosecuted, you can have Johnny Cochran or you can have Corbin Cochran. <laughs> and neither one of them going to get you all. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank God I'm going on another run for, for my lawyer who never lost the case. Y'all with me here? Thank, thank God that if I get my mind right, there is an advocate who can plead my case. Jesus Christ the righteous. And he can plead my case because he paid the penalty for my sin. So when, Brother Boyd, I'm in the courtroom of God and God is about to pronounce judgment, my lawyer whispers in the judge's ear, I paid the price. Are y'all with me? So, so every time I start slacking up, being slowful, not reading my Bible, thinking away reason not to come to worship, not to come to Bible class, I just, I just got to look at myself in the mirror. Crucial, are you doing your best? When this omni-God 
gauge his business. Is that good news? Somebody this morning may not be a Christian. What does the Lord require? He requires you to put your faith that he loves you. His love was demonstrated that he sent his son. His son died on the cross for our sins. God raised his son from the grave the third day. That's good news, y'all. Resurrection power is good news. You believe that Jesus did that through Christ, or that God did that through Jesus for you, for our sins, and you repent of his past sins, you confess his name, we'll baptize you in water this morning. You will be a child of God. And God only expects, let me say that God does not require from us what we are not able to do. So if God wants our best, it means you got best to give. Y'all with me? Mediocre, don't, don't please God. Halfway, don't please God. Say amen. And I close. What if Jesus, when he left heaven, got halfway to earth and said, I'm going to change my life? <laughs> what? And I, I know I'm messing this text up, but in Galatians, in due time, Christ was born of a woman. But what if he delayed or was late coming? Y'all ain't saying that. We want God to show up for us. We first, not first, but we now have to show up for him. So if you're not a Christian, you come and make the confession that Jesus is God's son who will baptize you in water. If you are a Christian, because I need, I need to do that better. I, I realize that I need to give God my best. I need to give my best. I'm telling, I'm telling you and I'm telling the Lord, I know, you know, I study, but I still need to give God my best. I don't want to get caught up in me, myself and I. I don't want to get caught up in what I want to do. I want to give God my best. I, I, want, him, I want him to say, well done, that good and faithful son. Because I don't want to bless him today. Later today, I want to bless him. Tomorrow, I want to bless him. Every day I wake up, I want God to bless him. So, so in order, I don't do it to get a blessing, but I know if I give him my best, he won't withhold his blessing. Does that make sense? Give him my best, he'll give me his blessing. Y'all help me. Give him our best. Y'all say that. Give him our best. He'll give me his blessing. He'll give you the blessing. What we're about, that's what y'all tell me. Give him God our best. When you come this morning, let's sing it. Let's sing it. Let's sing it. Softly.